Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Zeke, say hello to the folks. Aloha. You said that last week. Oh. Well, hello. Hello. The aloha backwards? Yeah. Remember we talked about aloha, mahalo, all that stuff? John, it's been seven days and nights I've slept at least eight of those. I mean, (laughs) who knows? Well, we have a special guest. I don't even want to beat around the bush. We have Mr. Andy Chapman from Eat Y'all. Thank you very much for coming into town. Howdy, y'all. Thanks for having me. See, I, I thought if since howdy. he went since he went all the way to Hawaii, I figured I'd you know eat y'all. We got to be howdy, you know. We got to be. I've done howdy before. Have you, John? They already know I'm the redneck. I don't have to exemplify it. They hear, <laughs> they hear the northern accent every time you speak. No, they don't. <laughs> See, I can talk like this too. <laughs> so fake. It's not fake. Go get the car. Where's the car? Where do we park the car? No, it's you, Kai. See, bingo. Tricked you right into that one. Thanks. <laughs> it's pop my, the cup. My, I, my work is done here, people. Well, we are very lucky to have Andy because Andy, uh, we've known Andy for a while. We've done, uh, we've gone to some events that he's put on uh, with Eat Y'all. It is really amazing all the chefs that he knows, all the food that he curates. I mean, you want to tell the people what you do for a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so basically, with Eat Y'all, we connect. Um, the ingredients and farms and makers that are Southern to chefs, whether they're Southern chefs or elsewhere, and consumers. And so we do that through doing food events. We we have a whole pop-up series this that's coming up. You can find out on Eat Y'all. There's four dinners that are our pop-up connect series where we're basically finding a bunch of fun farm ingredients, getting them to the chefs and and having them cook dinner for 60 or 80 people. And then our supper societies are rolling out this fall and uh, you can go learn more about that. But that's a a whole next level dinner experience. We've got some of them where songwriters and uh, artists are going to be there. It's kind of, it's kind of taking the knob, turning it all the way up on, on a dinner party and then ripping it off. (laughs) These go to 11. It's 11-teen, I think, is where we're going there. Well, you guys have something. I know you have something coming up in Chattanooga for people in Tennessee. There's something in April in Chattanooga. Right. We've got Chef Eric Neal is going to do one of our Connect dinners there. And then down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, we'll be doing something with uh, Chef Chris Renishek and Susan Spicer from New Orleans. They're teaming up for a dinner. And then we're heading down to Bainbridge, Georgia on May 22nd. All these are on the EEL website We've got a special guest chef that's going to be announced pretty soon that'll be pairing up with uh, Chef Tyler Thomas down there in Bainbridge, which is, you know, about 45 minutes north of Tallahassee. So those are all coming up real soon. And then Blue Smoke, New York. Y'all met Jean-Paul Bourgeois when he was here. I remember him. He is awesome. And we're going to have a, a special dinner up there June 7th that'll be kind of Right before Big Apple Barbecue, which is when a lot of a lot of fun people will be in town in the food world. So we're excited about that one as well. He was one of my favorite chefs that came to Southern Whiskey Society last year. And the guy is just funny as heck, too. He's a spirited fellow from Louisiana. We love him. We were at the uh, John Foles from uh, down that way, did a, a boucherie. It was a big, big hog killing. And Jean-Paul was there filming for a new show he's working on. Just a tremendous guy, tremendous cook, tons of knowledge on food, and 
I mean, that's the kind of guy you want to hang out with. Yeah, and if there's anyone who should have a show on the Food Network, it's him. Because it's that guy, right? Yeah, like you meet him, and you're just like, this guy needs, uh, this guy needs a camera. And it was awesome to watch him following around, and you know, some people have to like turn it on. Jean Paul was just like, "Hey, I'm here, film me." So, for those of you that are wondering what all the noise is, Zeke is is actively going back and forth on a book. He needs to get it all on one page, Zeke. Haven't you? <laughs> what I was writing was to make a, a simple comment that if you're going to be in Bainbridge, Georgia on May the 22nd, I would only bring like air wick clothing because every ounce of sweat in your body will be continually coming out of you. Why is it going to be hot on May 22nd? Because it's after April. Anything after April <laughs> in that vicinity and some others. So there will be some wind. Hey, and the, that event is inside. So yeah, if you won't win, you may well go to the mall and stand where the old women are shopping so they can walk and fart past you because there ain't going to be much past that. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's stagnant, it's humid, it's nasty. More importantly, though, do you guys have like a tour t shirt? Because I think you need a t shirt with all the dates on the back. We should. That's a great idea. I'm going to talk to Christy about that. Yeah, just like a. The eat y'all. The stars and the dates and the chef names and the whole deal. Yeah, the summer tour of 2018. Will you come out and, and run the run the t-shirt table for us? Absolutely. If we feed, we can feed you. I mean, have you seen me? I <laughs> John's always looking for a meal. I don't know if uh, the ROI would be there for you guys to put me at the table, but I would more than be I would be more than happy to go. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like in the you know early on in the Blues Brothers. Well, you boys played for this long, you're earning this much money, but the amount of beer you drank was double. So uh, who's going to foot that bill? <laughs> well, we are very, very happy to have you here. I, I know we'll talk about it again at the end of the show, but if you guys are looking, go to eatyall.com. They are on Instagram. It's Let's Eat Y'all. And they are on Facebook. Search for Eat Y'all. You'll find them on Facebook, yep. too. Go to the website, see all the places that they're going to. The Supper Club is a really cool idea. Um, it's bringing a lot of people together. I know you guys have worked it with Leaper's Fork here in the, the Middle we've Tennessee got, area. So Yeah, we've got a dinner coming up there, and we will announce the date in late September here very shortly. We're finalizing all the details. We've got a couple of really cool chefs uh, lined up for that one. And we always love the Kennedys over there. So oh, go man, they're great. Them. They're great. Anyways, we have, since you're in town, it's something that we don't always get to do. We, we talk to you a lot uh, through the interwebs or texting, but we never get to actually hang out in person because you're all the way down to Mississippi. So we decided, since you were coming into town, what we are going to do this week is we have to do a blind. We always do a blind. Zeke and I were kind of... Uh, talking about what we would do for a blind because we haven't very you know we're always looking for a new challenge right see indeed and um it's also usually last minute given our schedules and everything else in the world going on so uh, it was true to form a a very much last minute now what when are we getting together and what are we doing and who's there and well okay not much of a plan again all right well let's try and you at least sketch something out halfway. Well, I appreciate you guys fitting me in. I'm so glad to get to do this with y'all because it's been fun to watch watch you guys explode. So, Well, and I think it's fun. Thank you, first of all. Um, but second of all, I think 
The, the fun thing for us is because people always say, do y'all really do those blinds? Do you really blind each other? We say, no, we do. There's been a lot of secrecy in here tonight, and I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that for your own. No, I'm kidding. No, it's been. <laughs> no, it's it's truly it's pretty neat to see all the uh, the different you know the different things go in the glass and try them all and see see what we find. Oh, I thought by explode you were referring to me, you know, actually speaking pretty quick. <laughs> I, I that way. Well, when I when I walked in and Zeke said like eleven. 12 words in about four seconds. I was like, I don't, I, I thought maybe John edited you down and just had you in like halftime or like something. Like when you hold the record and then change yeah. the speed slow mo. Yeah. <laughs> but what we decided to do is that everybody was going to bring two. So we have six whiskeys in the blind. Two of them we know. So I know the two that I brought. Andy knows the two that he brought. Zeke knows the two that he brought. I hope. Maybe. You never know with Zeke. <laughs> did he write him down? That's a. He exactly. Did, he did blind himself a couple weeks ago on our 1792 show because he poured the early times bottle and bottle, the 1792 bottle and bottle, and then he forgot what he put in each glass. So he blinded himself. Uh, I can honestly blind myself at home in 15 minutes and not know. He just doesn't have a cheat sheet of which one was which. I, I, I write down everything so you got to go back to the bottle and, and, and try to well, no, like, it out. No, like, like we have here, which no, no, folks can't see, but... Uh, they will see. I took pictures. pieces of paper under each one. I'll write down ahead of time what's what. Literally walk in and out of the kitchen four times over 15 minutes. Move everything somewhere. Leave the piece of paper under it. By that fourth time, I have no clue and I have not paid attention what ended up where. And it, it's a legit blind that I did myself without knowing. Wow. And if Zeke and I try to ask our better halves to blind us, they just kind of laugh and say, does this have to do with bourbon? Because we're, we're out. You want me to help you drink? <laughs> Ain't got a problem with that that I've ever seen. But what we did is each one of us brought two. It's essentially a blind of four for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, we're going to rank the ones that other people brought. We're going to then rank all of them. So we're trying to take our own bias out of this. So I will rank the ones that Zeke brought and the ones that Andy brought, and then I will rank all six so that we're showing that we don't have bias. Then we will tell each other what we had. And we'll talk about those. We'll talk about you know what got us to our rankings, what we thought about the whiskey. We'll talk about some trends that we find in there, and, and then we'll say if we'll buy them. It's, it's pretty much the same formula every week. Sounds good to me. All right, Zeke, I know we're doing this a little bit early, but we have a lot to drink, so should we fast forward right now? No time like the present. All right, roll it. Boom. Wow, that was a lot to drink. What'd you think? I got to say, I've uh, my mind is kind of going wild with some of these, some of these picks, like dying to know what, what, what this <laughs> is. And do, do I really like this? I think I do. Um but uh, I'm pretty excited to find out what's what's behind the curtain here. And and I think some of these, I know that Zeke's always good to bring something good. He he's good for it. So it's almost like my bias is I don't want to put his last <laughs> and look stupid when he all of a sudden says, "Oh, I brought up this really good thing." Although I am expecting early times bottled and bond to be in here somewhere. Uh, you know, I got to give it a rest every now and then. I, I can't share all of those prized possessions with folks. So what we tried to do here is we tried to get something that is relatively attainable. It doesn't necessarily need to be 
you know, it could be an allocated release. It could be something that was, you know, a special release, but it, you know, something in there that is not, you know, we're not throwing Al Young in here is essentially, we're not throwing George C. Stagg in here. We're not throwing Al Young, uh, something a little bit lower, but something everybody can kind of relate to Zeke. I think it's only proper that we let our guests go first. Exactly. Andy, what did you what did you think of these? Uh, rank your, your top four out of the ones that you didn't bring, and then rank your top six with the ones that you brought. I, so top four, I, I'm going with uh, this number one of yours. I don't know what it is. I just, I just had to go with my gut there. Then I went Zeke number two. And then I went back to Zeke number one and then John number two. All right. And then all six of them, what'd you get? I would go, I just, I love one of the ones I brought. Yeah, I'm just, I feel special, especially close to that one. No, that's fair. So I'm going with Andy two and then going down the line back to John one, Zeke two. And then I'm going to throw Andy one in there, Zeke one and John two. All right. Is that tricky enough? Everybody, no, everybody no, no. that's listening, you followed us completely. No, that's good. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk about our tasting notes after we say what they are, because I think it's always interesting once everybody, you know, once the, the air is cleared and we all know that we're talking apples to apples, it's a lot easier to talk about the tasting notes then. But the rankings are always good to get out of the way now. So, Zeke, what did you have? Okay, so not including my own two uh, contributions here. I would go A2 is number one. I would go A1 is two. Zeke hates me. J1 is three and J2 is four. And then everything in there, what did you get? Still A2 is one. I would put my two is a two. I would put A1 is three. J1 is four. J2 is five. And Z1 is six. Well, that being said, John, let's see uh, where where you ranked uh, your own uh, tasting here. So we are seeing a little bit of a trend here. Zeke was uh, looking for this stuff, but I have A2 as my number one. Oh. I have Zeke's. Second as my number two, Andy's first as my number three, and Zeke's first as my number four. If I were to rank them all, I put my first one as my number one. I put Andy's second one as my number two, Zeke's second as my third, Andy's first as my fourth, my first one at fifth, and Zeke's first one as sixth. Drum roll for the big reveal. So overall, right? So A2 is my favorite, your favorite, and his second. I I know that clearly ran away with things. It got really murky really fast if we all included all six, though. I know. That's why I want to put this down and and make sure I have it correct. All right. So should we say what these are now? I'm ready. Are you ready, Z? Yeah, I think I remember. Maybe. At least one of the two. So a couple of trends here before we actually talk about this stuff. Andy's second got two votes for the winner. Uh, my first was up there first or second for Andy and I. You didn't like it. But the consensus is, Zeke, that your first and my second are pretty much everybody's uh, votes for the bottom two. 
So a couple trends here that between Andy's second, my first, and Zeke, you just liked all of Andy's stuff more than anybody else's, which I really did like Andy's first and second. So I thought my my first one was going to be. I thought it might be a wild card that y'all would be like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really love that. It's it's been a big favorite. That is that you ready? Are we ready to say it? One yeah. of yours, I th- and I want to say it's your second. One of them kind of tasted like EHT barrel proof to me, and that's what it is. That's what number two is. The first one is seventeen ninety two barrel proof. I I was kind of getting a little bit of familiarity with that one because we just did it yeah i know i was like well let's see if they let's see if you could because I, when i was flipping through your notes i was like oh well let's see if they pick that out and go ooh. so that one so zeke you give me all the hell but uh looks like your favorite is eht barrel proof i've said i really love the 128 one we said that before we started recording i don't know what proof it that's was. what it is 128 there we go yeah, I've I've said that plenty of times. I've had no qualms admitting that I thought that was a really good pour, and it gets uh, slipped or missed out on a lot. I mean, and I f- I found this one I think for uh, for like eighty nine bucks. Oh, there you go. So I mean, retail on it's going to be seventy nine to to eighty. The retail on the seventeen ninety two is going to be about fifty. So um, well, I'm know. I'm paying Mississippi prices, so we we have to pay a little more than you guys do. So. What is it, what does it go for down there? So I think the I think the Colonel Taylor was either seventy nine or eighty nine dollars, um, and the I think that seventeen ninety two was sixty. So that's state regulated, yeah, like Alabama, all ABC, all ABC. So Zeke, do you want me to go next or you? Fire away, fire away. So my first one, I'll say next because. I know Andy really wants to know what that one is. My second one was Old Fitz Bottled and Bond. Oh. So a nice $15 bottle. It's 100 proof. It's non-age stated, but we know it's at least four years. 75% corn, 20% wheat, 5% barley, and it's $15 for a liter. My first one was Parker's Heritage 11-year single barrel. Retails for one thirty, and I know that just made Andy Andy cringe because he really liked it. It's one hundred and twenty-two proof, seventy-eight percent corn, twelve percent malted barley, ten percent rye. Zeke wasn't a big fan of the Parker's Heritage when we had it in our Whiskey of the Year show. Oh, um, really? Huh. Yeah, you're not a big Parker's Heritage fan. Well, they range so much, and there's all kinds of different mashes, and I don't. Remember the number. I hope it's not 11. You said that was 78% corn? Yes. You don't really taste the corn on it. No, you don't. Um, Interesting. But there's one of those that supposedly is uh, very similar to a lot of Willets, obviously being Heaven Hill. I don't know if it's 11 or not, but if it is, then I might be in trouble. No, it's it's not that one. And um, But there's some other ones. There's a weeded mash. Yeah. There's... Um, I have the wheat. I'll bring you some of the wheat to try. Wheated? Yeah, wheated. So what what were yours? So without further ado, uh, my two, and then we can uh, hopefully really try and uh, lasso this thing back in and and make heads or tails out of it once we've everyone knows what they are and we'll at least let the people that give notes on the, the four they didn't bring. I can't even guess your two, by the way. 
My first one was Elijah Craig 18. Oh, really? that's one I've actually been really wanting to try, but have never had it. <laughs> My second one, um, Blom Brothers 10 year 117.8, which Blom Brothers is the Nodder bourbon. Uh, if you look at the label and don't laugh, it, something's wrong because it's just super funny in today's uh, bourbon market. But if you turn at the right angle, you can see that the not our just specifically says not our bourbon in italics. They make no qualms about it. It's just good old MGP juice out of uh, Indiana. The thing that's really killing me here is I know that I'm not the biggest fan of Elijah Craig 18. I do like things that Elijah Craig does. Typically, the Elijah Craig 18 tastes very oaky to me. And I think I know now why Zeke, when we were doing the tasting, and I was like, this is, I'm getting mint and black licorice. <laughs> and Zeke was looking at me like, you're getting what? Um, but I got a lot of mint and black licorice on that 18. And I really, you know, I just wrote down, it's not 100 proof. It, it was a little bit thin to me compared to the others. It didn't fit the profile, the oaky profile I normally get from an Elijah Craig 18. What did you think, Andy? This was your so, first time having Yeah, it. this was my first time. I actually wrote down that uh, I had some vanilla and caramel notes. Um, there's some tobacco here, some earthiness that uh, I guess from that age. And then I, I actually did write down that there was some, some good oak in the finish. But it was not like over oaked or anything, but I... I I really like that, and it's it's something. It's, here's what's funny: like I've looked at that bottle and and seen it, you know, in ridiculous prices, and I'm like, you know what? But it was your second to last, too. It what out of out of the four? I know, I know. So I'm 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 kind of surprised. I'm surprising myself here. <laughs> well, and, and your Parker's heritage. I mean, come on, that's crazy. I I mean, I figure. Have you had that one before? Never. No. So, so compare, those are going to be the two most expensive out of here. So I don't want to jump around a little bit, but let's well, and, talk and, about And those. to be fair, if, if you, you only get number four for Andy if he omits his two bumping the Elijah Craig 18 that high up. Otherwise it would have been a five. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't, it didn't blow anybody away. No. And, and for me, I mean, I had that one as my last one. Zeke, you had that as your last one. Andy had that as his fifth when he put everything together. Um, I guess, you know, let's not go to the Parker's Heritage. Let's talk to the other one that came in last. Uh, and that is the old Fitz Bottled and Bond. And that's going to be $15. For me, I said um, that one, I got a lot of honey, vanilla, but oak, little bit of baking spice on the nose. Uh, the taste was oak, vanilla, and caramel, but the finish, and I think this is what kills me. I do like Old Fitz Bottled and Bond, especially for $15 for a liter, but I think it's the finish on the Old Fitz Bottled and Bond for me. It's a very much a dry oak. I don't love the finish. It kind of makes me think as that very expensive over 10-year, what is it, like, What's the age statement on the, the old fits that's coming out? 10 or 14 or something. Yeah, maybe 14 <clears throat> that's going to come out on that uh, allocated old fits release. But 
I'm, I'm hoping the finish is a little bit better now that it sits in the wood a little bit longer. But It's not a harsh finish. No. But it's just not the greatest finish. It doesn't leave you. I mean, it, you don't have that kerosene finish or anything. As, as someone that doesn't like Elijah Craig 18, I almost had trouble putting it number six on that one. I, I went real quickly. Nose, um, more bronzy, less heat. Faint what was there. Catch a little bit of barley hint. Palette was barley heavy with nuttiness behind it. Then just a very light bitter, and the finish was just super dry and prickly. Prickly. <laughs> I like it. Evaporates. It's dry. What else did you get on that one? So Andy? I had, I kept getting some fruity like pear and apple, like just on the nose. I couldn't quite, and it was kind of like something we looked at earlier, but I was like, man, it's not a sweet fruit, but it was kind of like a an old fruit. A little bit, uh, a little bit fruity on the nose for me. $15 for a liter. Yeah. I is. mean, that's, that. <laughs> When you're when you're factoring in the price to that, it's hard not to go. Okay, I'm going to bump that up two spots just because it's accessible, it's available. Only to- in Kentucky. Oh, okay. There might be one other state, or, but that's a Kentucky only release. You can get Old Fitzgerald other places, but the Old Fitzgerald bottom bond. So it's like a Heaven, Heaven Hill bottom bond. Yeah. Well, you know, hint, hint, there is another bottle and bond out there now in Kentucky and apparently Oregon, maybe one or two other places. Yeah, I think Wisconsin, <clears throat> a couple other places you could get that early times bottled and bond. <laughs> I, I threw this one in there, and the reason why I threw this one in there is this is the only wheat in Mashville that we have. You know, it's 75% corn, 20% wheat, 5% barley. There is no rye in this one. There is a, you know, the fact that it is $15 and it is a bottled and bond that is not early time. So that is something that is kind of a toss up for Zeke. For something to be a weeder, John, what, what percent is it like if for it to be, oh, oh, that's a weeder, what percent does that need to be? Well, so the predominant grain besides corn needs to be wheat. Okay. So it just needs to be the most predominant. Yeah. So if you think about this, there's no rye. So it is corn, wheat, and barley, where others would be corn, rye, and barley. There Unless you go. Th- it's a thank you, rate. Professor. I hope I hope I have passed the final exam here. No problem. I, I love getting the, the education here. I hope your listeners like because there's so much to learn about bourbon, and that's what's so neat. You guys don't, you guys aren't snooty about it. You're just kind of breaking it down and and uh, having fun with it. And so I love different things, but. Gosh, there's so much to learn. And then you're like, well, I thought I liked this. And then six months later, you open it and you're like, what was I thinking? And it's it's crazy. Well, and that's how we can revisit stuff at our shows and do it again. But I mean, I think we hope for the people that are listening that we sneak in information without making it sound. We don't want it to sound like a PBS documentary, but we also... Well, with Zeke, you know that PBS would never air him. Hey, now. <laughs> Hey, Hatfield and McCoys, they, they roll <laughs> oh, okay. out every that's, year. That's true. But okay. but to the point on the, the weeded things is, you know, especially in forums and other areas these days, and the obvious Weller, Van Winkle, Surge, Influx, Hype, a lot of people now know that it's weeded, and then that is what they equate to, oh man, that's why it just tastes better than so many other things. But then as you bounce around and you find other products that are still weeded, 
you might not get as good of a response as you did when you drank something else. And I'm not necessarily touting the, the Weller line, just saying apples aren't always to apples and, and Well, whatnot. that's true. That's very true. A lot a lot of things play into all that, I guess. But I think a lot of people that you know are, are probably more than scratching the surface, but getting knee deep in there, you say, oh, yeah, I got this really good wheater. Oh, isn't that like the, it's like this line, huh? They're both weeded, correct? Let me, let me pour it for you. And, and then you see what you think and you well, and that's what there's so many variables, right? There's the the age, the barrel placement, and the and then how hot did the summers get? How hot did the cool did the winters get? What you know? It's just a rabbit hole. There's so many different. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's why it's it's a thing because if it was all the same, I mean, how boring would that be? But no, yeah, it it is fun to you know explain those subtle but significant differences in a, a comical nature and let folks understand that you can't. Always just take things at a full-on face value or hear one or two tidbits and then have a full-fledged expectation going in. Andy had your your 1792 as your next one up. We are going from the bottom to the top. We started from the bottom, now we're here. We had your 1792. Zeke had that. No, Zeke had my Parker's Heritage as his fourth. Andy had his 1792 as his fourth. And I had... The 1792 is my fourth. Now, this is probably a pick from a store down in Mississippi. Yeah, it is. It's a Lincoln Road. I really do enjoy Jamie Ferris's picks. I don't think, once we're getting into this territory, I think these bottom two were the only ones with the old fits. And Elijah Craig, 18. It's interesting that this number two, I mean, this, this 1792 was one of the ones that I've I've had a couple of bottles of that and I've poured it for friends and with a with a cube of ice or with a couple in you know, a drop of water, people that aren't even big bourbon people that would never drink it neat have sipped on it and just been like, man, this is magical. They get the licorice, they get the black cherry, they get lots of really dark, fruity, leathery notes, but it's still got a sweetness and and I've been surprised to at the people that have jumped in on that thing and going, oh, I love that. Yeah, and and I really do like. I have a bottle of the Lincoln Road 1792. I really enjoy it. I think once we're getting in here into these top four, I don't think there's anything that we hate. We just had to say one was better than the other. Yeah. Zeke, agreed. Do you concur? I, I can follow that theory. Maybe somewhat. What? So, so did you not like the 1792 pick? Um, I'll go ahead and dive into some notes here and kick off that part. He's got 11 pages on that one, so. No, the, the nose honestly seemed really faint, um, especially as far as any type of um, alcohol would be related. Somewhat creamy, somewhat butterscotch, somewhat caramel. The second time through, I did pick up a little bit more spice. Palette-wise, it seemed sweet. Uh, decent rye kick. It chews into rye, then bitter, and then starts to thicken up. And the finish was just complete bitter with a light tingle. And for whatever reason lately, anything that's just really bitter on the finish, I'm kind of scoffing at lately. I don't know why. No, and I think I would agree with you on that. I, I wrote down, I mean, I, I'm just trying to do things that are different than what you had already said. I said it was kind of a smooth heat. It was very smooth in the beginning, and then that heat really kicks in more on the finish, and that's where your bite is. It still has a nice caramel coat your your mouth aspect to it, but I did get some of that burn in the back of my throat. 
and and I think that might be off putting to to you on that one. It keeps with a very consistent 1792 profile with the full proof that we did kind of take into consideration a couple episodes ago, right? Yeah, I mean, they're great bang for the buck, but I think really in the blinds and depending on what is in the blind, that's where they can really gravitate up or down. Um, and it, it's funny because honestly, I, I don't know anyone that will tell you they've had a bad one, but having done them in some blinds recently and not saying they're bad, you just kind of reconsider that and think, all right, do I need to put this in a better perspective and really, uh, you know, evaluate this in a different angle? So you mean you hashtag rethink how you drink? You know, I, I just teed you up perfectly, John. Yeah. Great volleyball spike. <laughs> so, so Andy, what do you think on this one? The the seventeen ninety two yeah I mean I I love it we've we've gone through I think we've had three or four bottles of that that I've gotten and shared with friends and it's a great barrel proof for the for the dollar the the Colonel Taylor just kind of grabs my heart a little more and some of that is branding it it's branding makes me love it there's the flavor been but the story and the the bottle and all those things just kind of I mean, I'm a marketer. We we help people market things. And so if you look at those two bottles and you were to give somebody one as a gift, if they're exact same price, the person who's younger on the in your bourbon journey is going to open the Colonel Taylor because it's got the tube, it's got the sleeve, it's got the fancy signature. It's got the tax strip. It's, it's got all the stuff that makes it go, oh, man, that's really cool. Um, because I actually gave a different bottle of, Bert, of Colonel Taylor to my um, brother-in-law that we're staying with. And he was like, oh, I've never heard of this. He's not a huge bourbon guy. does more beer. But uh, I was able to to go, hey, check check this thing out. He pulls it out, looks at all the stuff. And I think that Colonel Taylor story, like when you get out of the blinds and you, you look on the shelf, it kind of beats a 1792 bottle. You have to give him the H. Clark distillery of Middle Tennessee distillery. You have to give him a black and tan. There's a Tennessee black and tan. It's a $40 bottle. You can get it at all the stores in the area here. Check that out. Go pick him up one. It's it's actually a malted, the malted whiskey that's based off of a stout profile that he would like. We'll try it. That being said, I would agree with you. I mean, I think there are certain whiskeys out there I mean, Zeke and I have talked about it a lot. When you, you know, what's the number one whiskey people get their boss? And it's Booker's because it has the the wooden box and it has, you know, the presentation that's behind it. A lot of people, when they would go to give a gift and they don't know a lot about whiskey and they just go to the store, they're going to look at the presentation. So things that have... The Blantons, the Booker's. The the tubes, the boxes, the things that look a little bit nicer in the way that you would give a gift. The marketing director wins, right? Yeah. What is it? Uh, John Madden said 80% of the game is half metal. So <laughs> so if you look at that stuff, um, you know, 80% of whiskey is half marketing. It is. I, I mean, and all whiskey, right, is within how many percent of its each other as far as it's not, we're not talking about a 50% difference, right? But there's all the nuance in in the the fifteen or twenty percent difference. But that being said, I would say the seventeen ninety two bottle is no slouch either. Oh no! In the way that it's presented, it has that nice gold top. I, I think. And when you pop that cork out, 
you feel like you're really doing something because because the I mean I have yet to do you cannot sneak a pour of that because if you're in the kitchen <laughs> and you you get that cork out everybody in the house is going to hear it so it's got a it's got a great that cheers cork. to Barton for their cork pop yeah there you go but no I mean I think the writing on it they try to make it it's a little more modern writing on that 1792 bottle but you it's a cool decanter yourself. type type yeah. model I think that's what they're going for. In this age that we don't really have decanter bottles like they used to, that bottle almost looks like a decanter. It does. It does. Speaking of Mashville, speaking of that other stuff, the next one that everybody kind of put in there was that Blom Brothers. Zeke, do you happen to know if that is the 21% rye Mashville for MGP or is it the 36% rye? I'm about 83.5% sure it's 21%. Which is pretty much the standard MGP mash. John, just in case I may tell someone to listen to this episode who's like, MGP, explain what that is. I know a lot of your listeners that are there every week are like, shut up, Andy. But (laughs) but break that down because I think a lot of these terms get thrown around and and people may miss what that is. It used to be LDI. They bought an MGP, but it's something grain producers. You really know is that MGP equals G-O-O-D. There you go. Now and solved. I can tell you that LDI, so MGP used to be LDI, and LDI was Lawrenceburg Distributors Incorporated. Okay. So that was the old Seagram's facility in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. It is now MGP, which we know it's like, is it milled grain producers? I think it's Midwestern grain producers. It, it's something grain producers. But essentially. They do, they do everything. They don't just do bourbon or whiskey. I mean, they, gotcha. it's the whole kit and caboodle. But essentially, it is the number one contract distillery in the whole United States. Right. And so, they do a load of popular stuff that's got a great brand, but maybe not a distillery. Well, and, and a lot of NDPs. So to use another acronym, NDP is non-distilling producer. So if you think about Blom Brothers, although Blom Brothers is putting out their first juice now, Smooth Ambler used to be an NDP. Belmead used to be an NDP. Now they're coming out with Nelson's, but it is a non-distilling producer. So th- what they're doing is they're sourcing Is whiskey. Bullet one of those too? So Bullet is now starting to put their own stuff out, but Diageo had them as an NDP. Gotcha. Okay. A lot of people were saying Bullet was for Roses for a while. You know what age group you're in. It's kind of like um, the show The Fall Guy. Remember that one? Clint Seavers, the, the, the song ran at the beginning. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of Because I'm the unknown stunt man that made Clint Eastwood look so fine. They're the stunt guy that plenty of people have gotten paid off of made a lot of money and, and built up a name and reputation on when it literally wasn't even their own product. They were just buying it. But it was the their brand, Zeke. Exactly. Brand, brand, brand. But what they're doing is they're going out to MGP. They're either sourcing whiskey. They they can have a contract to source the whiskey from them, and then they get the barrels and they age them at their own facility, or they have a sourcing and aging contract with them. So Bellmead actually has a sourcing and aging contract with MGP where they're actually aging their barrels at MGP when they're ready to pull them they go take them but MGP is basically they have recipes you can choose from or you can give them your own recipe and they will make whiskey the way that you ask them to people don't realize how much it actually costs to get a still oh yeah it's 
crazy. Stills can be three, four hundred thousand dollars. I mean, a, a small still could be a hundred grand. A bigger still could be three, four, five thousand, five hundred thousand dollars. You can contract out with MGP to have them actually do the distilling for you, and then you get the juice. So the, those non-distilling producers or MDPs will then market it. You know, put their own label on it. They'll age the juice or they'll get the juice from MGP when it's ready. They'll put their own label on there and then they'll get it out. Typically, there's a couple different mashes that will come from MGP. One is a 21% rye and one is a 36% rye. Another big brand that you will hear that, that did MGP for a very long time was Smooth Ambler. So all those Smooth Ambler old scouts that you see out there Everybody loved those because of the MGP juice that was in there. And Zeke's almost, he's closing his eyes. Zeke's having a flashback to how good SAOS is. But it's almost. Was. Was. But it almost kind of moves. And that's the thing is is that. Well, it's like like, Black Maple Hill Farms, right? Yeah. So now now that it's in Oregon. It's a doorstop. When it was done in Lawrenceburg. It was really, really good. Well, even Barstown, Lawrenceburg was brief. I mean, that yeah. was Julian days, but yeah. The thing about MGP is you got to realize they're doing a lot of distilling. When you think about like Four Roses and people go on, well, did you have Warehouse ME? And and these barrels on this shelf at, in Warehouse ME, these are the honey barrels for the year. It's almost like with MGP, we know they're putting out good juice everywhere, but the distillery that it's coming from is almost moving from year to year. Yeah. It's like who's getting those honey barrels now opposed to who's going to get those honey barrels next year. And that's one of those things that's kind of moving around. I don't know, Zeke, what, if you would agree with that. To a degree. And I mean, I'm sure some of it is a sourcing issue. But at the same time, as you see a lot of these craft startups that are originally you know, non-distilling, they source out product. They bottle it. It sells well. They they make some money. I'm sure it's not a killing since they're basically the, the middle or the third man in the process. But they're getting their feet under their ground or their feet under themselves for sure, essentially. And then their goals, like anybody else, you know, you want your own stuff out there. You want your own product. You don't want to be a yeah. We you, don't have to. You don't want to rely for forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as you see them moving to their own juice, that's going to be um, the the conundrum that I think the majority of them face is. You know, the proofs in the pudding, how good was their pudding when they, they put their own out there? Dangerous times. But I definitely got the heat from this one on the Blonde Brothers. Uh, it was fruitiness that came out with the air. It was a smooth, good heat. It was that typical, you know, in my notes here, I said it, it tasted like typical MGP to me. I didn't know which, you know, which MGP variation it was. But I did it when I tasted this. I said, "This is MGP." I drink a lot of unsweet tea, and I got sweet tea in that that taste. And, and of course, that's the one that's not in the Glencairn, so I had to work a little bit more to get the nose on that. I got some sweet tea, definitely that cinnamony, like you know, that burn, uh, you know, that cinnamon red hot sort of deal. And then I got some, very much like a red hot. And then I got some kind of old wood, just like comfortable. Favorite, like it wasn't like oaky with that sharp edges, but it was just kind of old wood. Zeke, do you concur? I do. Very, very quickly. Nose, strawberries soaked in alcohol, faint tart behind. 
Mm. Palate sweet, but not a corn sweet. Uh, very sh- sugary, but not just young corn. Uh, then some bitterness. Um, and it really seemed almost like a strawberry Twizzler, if you ever had one of those. Not the regular raspberry, but the strawberry. Still some of that bitter back in from, I think, I guess it's a little bit of licorice or something. But the strawberry on the front is more sweeter than a regular Twizzler. <laughs> Finish-wise. Let me go try Twizzler it, and check that yeah, out. Yeah, it actually went uh, bitter over sweet, I thought. Um, and somehow I got some kind of old polished leather kind of thing which i guess might be speaking more to where you are with the the finish and, and that oak but not what we think of as nasty unpleasant like yeah, old wood i don't know uh, yeah who knows but definitely on the same page you there. can make up your own tasting notes right you can you can just yeah you know green paint could be you know you can make whatever you need to zeke always talks about kudzu syrup now see that's i like that he, he's like, this it's one awful. is like... This tastes like granddaddy's sick. hat. I mean, you can just go like... <laughs> no, uh, yeah, there is a dad's hat rye it, it, that's out it, there. It's old factory memories. That's like... It you, is. You could give me a million baking, spicing, cooking notes, but if it's a single ingredient, I can't relate to it. Whereas if you say, man, that was just like somebody pulled Mississippi mud out of the oven and it might have been topped off with a little bit of cream brulee just to have the alcohol burning or something like... Boom, your mind's there. It's there, yep. I I think that's the thing with us is there are people, we talked about it today with some people, there are people out there that are saying, should I go get the Aroma Academy? You know, all those smells. Oh, yeah, sure. The kit. For us, we try to do relatable old factory senses, stuff that the good thing about Zeke and I is we complement each other well, and I know that this sounds somewhat conceited. It's not. It is... My deficiencies are made up by Zeke's strengths and, and Zeke's deficiencies are made up by my strengths. Cause Zeke, Zeke focuses more on the nose. And Zeke's I, got hair. Oh, no. Okay. No. You were going, <laughs> I'm sorry. You were going a different direction there. Okay. No, Zeke, I like it. Uh, no, Zeke I, is skinny and has hair and I'm, I'm big and have muscles. So That's, you and I, we couldn't do it together. No, 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 no. Two bald guys. <laughs> that are, but we're both muscular. We could we could be bald guys drinking bourbon, but there you go. The um, be a whole different show. Zeke is much more nose forward, and I am much more taste and experience. And between the two, we end up coming. So you got that you, magic sauce together. If you take Zeke's notes and my notes and put them together, you might get somewhat one coherent <laughs> tasting note. At least seventy percent accurate, thirty percent of the time. <laughs> what is it? Fifty percent of the time. Sex Panther. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on here, let's talk about first the Parker's heritage. So for me on that one, on the nose I had caramel, cherry, and oak. On the taste, I had oak, leather, tobacco, cinnamon, and I said it was creamy. I definitely got a creamy taste on that one. Finish it was oak and dryness, but I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the Parker's Heritage. Zeke, you didn't love the Parker's Heritage, not by any means. As I just you uh, had it fourth, yeah, and I I honestly just had it again. And my my nose, my palate, my mind aren't changing here. Um, nose, I actually thought it was young. I picked up some rye, medium heat. And honestly, uh, again, not a ton of age for whatever reason. It just didn't resonate that way. 
Palette-wise, it seemed um, Butterfinger, but no chocolate. And I think that probably leads to somewhere of a, a balance. I mean, they put those two things together for a, a complement of flavors, and I only got the one just kind of bronzy, coppery, whatever. Uh, not much heat at all, pretty thin, and, and towards the end, a hint of barley. Finish-wise, it just fell off really fast. When I got this one, I, I got the leather on the on the front of it, and then I thought it really was kind of creamy in the middle. I got a lot of cream on it. And then, you know, just kind of coats your mouth and just kind of a happy, you know, it's not real harsh. And uh, I think that may be why I kind of gravitated towards that one. Last but not least on this one, let's talk about the 128.1. Zeke, you and I have talked about the 128.1 a lot. We've actually seen valuation on a certain market go up on the 128.1 recently. We made sure we bunkered a couple of these before we started talking about how much we liked it. But for this one, for me, I got on the nose, cherry heat, dark fruit, super enjoyable. The nose on this one is super enjoyable. I could have sat there and sniffed this one. I got a lot of fruit on this one, caramel, vanilla, all sorts of goodness coat in my throat. The finish was enjoyable. I didn't get a lot of heat on this. You know, you would think something 128.1, you would have a lot of heat. I don't have a lot of heat on this one. Yeah, I, I couldn't say that enough. Nose-wise, and, and that's where I knew we'd had it before. I just couldn't place it because I've only written this down, I think, probably one other time. But I thought the nose was very much... Um, some combination of, of bubble gum and alcohol vapor. The more I dove into it, it just really reminded me of Big League Chew. And I know I've written that down at some point before. I like, totally get that. I'm, I'm sitting there <clears> smelling. That is, you it, nailed it. it. It's the sugary Big and League Chew. that brings you back to your childhood. You had, yeah, playing ball. That, that light pink Big League Chew for the first five minutes before it went away. Like <laughs> five, You can get five minutes. Well, you know, I need some more. I need a little more. I need a little more. But know that. It, it that's totally that is it just that 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 light pink sugar i mean i just see it in my mind i thought palette wise it really kind of moved i don't know i get on themes but it went from big league chew to more of like a, a big red almost mm-hmm. it had some decent viscosity and, and continue with that theme uh, by the finish it was more peppery somewhat bitter you could have almost passed this off to me as some type of blend of something or somebody threw in like a a cinnamon whiskey, <laughs> but but no, I mean the, the way it finished in the back end. I mean we've all took shots of Fireball at some yeah. point in our life. Like I actually hey. have not ever, <laughs> no, never planned on the, the one time the Renners didn't leave Fireball. Damn, John, you've never ignited the night. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but no, like I, and I'm not knocking it because I mean I ranked it number one, obviously, but. It, it just kind of gravitated that way to me and, and having admittedly been there before. I don't know if it's the most standard of a bourbon profile, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is So I found this one a couple of, probably about three weeks ago, the uh, the E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. And uh, I saw it and I didn't realize that it was Barrel Proof. I thought it was the regular. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, that's different. And uh, so... I got it, and normally I try to get two of something and hang on to it and then open one and then never open the second one. And keep it bunkered. Yeah, and this thing, I've opened it and shared 
with so many people because I was just like, this is like, I love the, it's so drinkable. It's not a, just a blow your face off with that, with the proof, but, uh, you drop a, a cube of ice or a couple splashes of water in there and it is just so drinkable. The big league chew, kind of what you were saying, it's got that, but it's got that kind of caramelly butterscotchy in the middle and just really smooth on the finish for me. The 128.1 was our dark horse of 2017. We talked about it in our Whiskey of the Year show. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about... You well, know, quit telling everybody. How are we going to tell everybody? No, it's too late. Everybody knows now. So, if you <laughs> Unfortunately, more, they're going to put out more foregrain, not more of this one. Uh, Epic fail of 2018. <laughs> Zeke is not a big fan of foregrain. Um, but no, that nose. I mean, it's so sugary sweet. It's, so it's, good. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it, it's crazy how, how, I don't know, I can't place it. I, it's hard for me to put something else down other than just super enjoyable. It's great. And even more laughable to me, having had you know, small batch and single barrel, plenty of those have had way more pepper. And I don't know how long you've had this open, but... They've had a a, a, a bigger weeks. a bigger presence than their proof said they should, but this thing it's an inverse. It, I don't know. Going through here, seventeen ninety two full proof buy or bar or leave it alone. What do you think? Just quick on. I everything. mean, I buy. I've, I've bought it, and I can will continue to buy that one. Yeah, we, we've all bought plenty, but I will say recently, I'm surprised in blinds. I will. Continue to buy it though, because it's always a solid, you know, it's a solid drinker. EHT one twenty eight one. I am gonna go out on a limb here and say we're all gonna buy it. Uh, going to the Elijah Craig eighteen. I am gonna go out on a limb and say Zeke and I will not buy this one. We're gonna go ahead and pass on this one. I, I would let somebody buy me buy me one of those at a bar. How much was your bottle? Fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on it's me. At least one seventy-five. Gotcha. I've seen it for three hundred at a place, and uh, I was like, "It's a little, little rich for my blood." I'm never gonna buy it for three hundred. Yeah, never. I'm not buying it MSRP. Yeah, again. Blom Brothers one seventeen point eight. How much was this one? I think they're getting up to seventy seventy-five. I mean, it's in line with anything that's ten years old or cash drink MGP. I am. Good to buy this in line with what MGP is putting out. Zeke? I'm good to buy it, and I'm more excited to see what I hear are private store picks, single barrel coming very soon, hopefully to a world near me, maybe you. I hope Zeke shares. It's a, you know, <laughs> get in with Zeke on that early early buy. I'm going to go with yes and buy that one. It's just too interesting to pass up. Old Fitz, bottled and bond. Oh, you gotta go. I mean, fifteen dollars, John. What are we talking about? Even if you, even if it's and that's not for a liter, right? Even if it's not your favorite, you can get a liter for fifteen dollars, and it's a good conversation piece. Or you keep it, give it to company when they show up, right? You're yeah. like, hey, try this. What's your house bourbon? Fifteen dollar Old Fitz bottled and bond. Tell them it's pappy. Zeke doesn't. Agree. Still pass. I'm a brown. You know, I, I get into brown foreman. It's not a anything I had. Um, that, that's my jam a lot of days. Zeke loves the twenty five dollar liter of early times bottled and bond. Last but not least, Parker's Heritage Collection eleven year single barrel by bar. 
I'm not even going to ask secondary because no PHC, it's up there. But No, 200 is not that bad. Um, this does not grab me by the boozle by any means. What's a boozle? Well, you, you got to spend more time below the Mason-Dixon line, son. I, I like it a lot. At that price, I'm probably gonna probably gonna pass on that. And just would get you, that. Would you get it at a bar? I would get it at a bar. Okay. Well, I'd buy it since I have two bottles. I'd, I'd buy it. I like it. It it was my favorite, but but also I haven't actually haven't seen the the bottle and let the marketing talk to me. So I got I got to look at that and it's study. a classy looking Parker's Heritage puts out classy. Looking I, bottles. I just can't picture it in my head. I've seen it, but I've, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> Speaking of seeing people, see Andy Chapman at Eat Y'all. You can find him on Facebook at Eat Y'all. You can find him on Instagram at Let's Eat Y'all. You can find him also at eatyall.com. Yes, sir. And make sure you go see the tour, the Summer Tour 2018. All the greatest hits are going to be there. He's working with all the best chefs. So go ahead and find Andy. Find what him and his wife, Mariana, are doing. They're great people you know, I I think one of the things throughout all of this bourbon stuff that Zeke and I have been able to do is really meet quality people. And Andy and his wife are, are two very, very great people. I know my wife loves your wife, so. Absolutely. That's uh, where we had a little bit of a snafu. We were going to go to dinner tonight. I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get to do that. But, it's uh, all right. We'll go double or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast. We loved having you. Hey, thank you all for having me. I appreciate you all letting me come crash your episode. This has been a whole lot of fun, and um, we'll, we'll get you guys uh, down to Mississippi soon for some food. And uh, look, if anybody wants to get on our email list, you can just go to eatyall.com and, and sign up and keep up with everything we're doing. Perfect. We should do that. If you want to get on our list... We don't have a list. But you can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. You can find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads, on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Our podcast is on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podknife, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you look, you can find us on your favorite podcast provider. Please leave us a five-star review. If you don't like us and you think we could do better, please reach out to us. Give us a direct message. Let us know what we can do better. We're happy to help. We want to do better for you. Uh, please leave us an actual review as well. You don't realize how much that actually helps us. So put your thoughts in there. Say what you like about us. Say what you don't like about us. Find us on all those places. Zeke, where else could the people find us? We're always in Nashville, Tennessee. And since this is a word John doesn't get out appropriately. Not only is it important to uh, drink bourbon, y'all, but uh, also eat, y'all. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you all for joining. Have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>